Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 200 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we're going to be talking about identifying a DVT in your orthopedic patient and what to do with it. We're first going to start off our program today with a few thank yous since we have hit our episode 200, which I still can't believe we've done. We're going to be talking about who's at risk of developing DVTs. We'll go over some of the signs and symptoms, and we'll talk about what to do if you suspect that a patient has a DVT, especially in the lower leg, and so much more. But if you don't mind holding just for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCorp Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorpPro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCorp. And we keep you moving forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. 200 episodes. I really can't believe it. I, I truly cannot believe it. I mean, my first goal was to hit 50 episodes, and to be totally honest with you, I didn't think I was, uh, quote-unquote, good enough uh, to be a podcaster. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. There are a lot of people out there who are great at what they do when it comes to podcasting. They're very fancy. They have nice fancy intros and outros and, you know, all kinds of little jingles and things like that. I'm not that fancy. I just give it to you the way I, I can. I'm trying to bring as much knowledge as I can to you. And, and you know, my first goal was 50. Then it was 100. And it's like, well, heck, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm having fun at this. Let's just keep pushing along. And to be honest, I can't believe we're at 200. So excited about this. Um, also, uh, you know, I find that it's very important that you find a passion to do something. And people ask me, you know, how do you do what you do? How do you work all week long, all day long, and do all these other things on the side. And I really wouldn't be able to do it without having some passion to do it and totally enjoying it. So find your passion and pursue it. Now, don't get me wrong. There is there is no way I could have done this alone, okay? Um, and what I want to do is shoot out a couple thank yous, okay? Number one, I want to thank my family First and foremost, because they have a lot of patience and, um, you know, I get busy with some of this stuff. They know how to tiptoe around the house when I'm doing a podcast. And, you know, they've always been really supportive because they know that I'm very passionate about what I do and how I do it. And so uh, they've been very supportive. So I, I thank my wife, Beth, my daughter, Gabrielle, and my son, Michael, who are there all the time for me. Secondly, I want to thank Dave Allen from Dave Allen Graphics. Dave is the guy who does a little bit of editing for me in the background. He kind of gets it all from this stage onto the podcast platform where I can kind of, um, you know, add everything I need to and, and put it out uh, to the public. So Dave, thank you for helping me with that and for all of the laughter and uh, comic relief we get in the background setting all this stuff up. Um, I'd also like to thank our sponsors, our current sponsors and our former sponsors. So currently, we have MedCorp Professionals from Scarborough, Maine. 
these folks have been excellent. Uh, they're doing a great job offering a great service to their people out there. And we also had mainly Technology Group who have formally sponsored us and the Easy Slant LLC uh, who also uh, were sponsors. So the other folks that I'd like to thank would be our guest speakers um, in the in the past, we've had uh, Dr. Ronowitz, Dr. Thompson, Dr. Hoffman, uh, many great uh, speakers. These folks, you know, shared and took a lot of their very precious time to talk about their experiences and give their knowledge to us, so that we can do a much better job with our patients and and offer a better service and a better treatment to the uh, people that we uh, take care of. And last but not least, I want to thank all of you, my listeners for taking the time to listen and to ask questions and to rate and review us on you know Apple Podcasts and all of those podcasting stations. Um, I really, really appreciate you know everything that you've done and really it's because of you that I want to continue doing what I'm doing because uh, it really encourages me uh, when I hear stories like you know I, I, I tried this new treatment with a patient and it was you know it was life-changing or patients will say I saw this on YouTube but I tried it in the first time in two years I'm starting to get some relief and so I'm hearing all of these great stories and just totally enjoy doing that and I love communicating with as many folks as I can um, but now don't forget you know we built OEP ortho pal to teach so that's exactly what we're going to do today I can't imagine getting through an episode without doing some sort of education for you to make uh, your day a little bit better and to make you a better evaluator and you know a better practitioner so that you can treat patients with a little bit more confidence so today we're going to be talking about the DVT the deep vein thrombosis and how to recognize it in your patient and to be honest with you I don't know why I didn't do an episode 200 episodes ago on DVT because it's one of those life-changing things. Um, you can save a patient's life uh, by identifying and recognizing a DVT, and they so often get missed. But as medical providers, then you don't have to be an orthopedic surgeon. If you're an FNP, PA, PT, OT, uh, PT assistant, you're you're doing a maybe a regular treatment with a patient or some sort of a regular follow-up. may not even be related to the surgery they just had or the trauma that they just had, um, but you may be the one who recognizes this very potentially fatal problem. So it's a very, very important to be able to recognize what a DVT is. Now, there are hundreds of thousands of people a year who develop DVTs, and today we're going to be talking specifically about the DVT in the lower leg and the calf. Um, you can get it in the groin. You can also get it in the arm. Um, and, you know, these can dislodge. They can end up in the lung, and they can cause all kinds of issues. And, and uh, you know, the worst-case scenario is death. So... It's good that you recognize this. Now, when I have new students who come in or young therapists who come in, the first question I ask when we see a patient who's had knee surgery, hip surgery, maybe a surgery in the foot and ankle is, what is the number one thing you should do when a patient comes into the office and they are ready for their initial evaluation? What is the first thing you should evaluate? And the answer that should come out of their mouth is the patient's risk of having a DVT or do they actually have a DVT? So it's the first thing you should be looking at when a patient comes in if they've had surgery, trauma, or they're complaining of some calf pain, or they've been immobilized for a long period of time, okay? So even just like somebody who's been on a long flight for a long time, 
um, or traveled for a long time and really not moving a lot, maybe not getting out of the car as often as they should, they're at higher risk of developing a DVT in the leg. The other thing you should be asking these people, if you think that they may uh, be at risk or maybe you're suspicious that they have some signs and symptoms consistent with it, is ask them if they've ever um, been diagnosed with factor V Leiden. Uh, you know, this is a genetic predisposition to blood clotting. And most people will know this because it's happened to somebody in their family and then everybody else in the family gets tested. So asking that question, if they say, I have no idea, it's, it's probably likely they don't have it because it would have generally been recognized. But I don't think it should be excluded either. So um, at some point should be tested for it. So what are signs in the, and symptoms of a DVT in the leg? And now remember, you can have a DVT and not have any of these signs and symptoms. But this is what you'll see most oftentimes, okay? So you'll get pain, sometimes swelling in the calf. There could be tenderness in the calf. Um, usually it's on one side and not both sides. I have never seen anybody with a DVT in both legs. Um, it's not to say that it can't happen. I'm sure it does happen. Um, but it's usually one-sided, so remember that. People will feel like an aching type of sensation. Sometimes the skin will be warm, even a little bit on the hot side. And you can also have some redness. Now, I always like to do a Holman sign. Now, it's important that you recognize that not everybody who has tenderness in their calf has a DVT. So when you do a Holman sign, you basically keep the knee flexed probably 20 or 30 degrees. I don't like to straighten it all the way out necessarily. You dorsiflex the foot, and then you take your other hand and you squeeze that calf from medial to lateral. You give it a squeeze toward the center. And, you know, if they have surface pain, like on the calf muscle itself, like the lateral muscle belly or medial muscle belly, that doesn't mean much to me. But if they say it feels deeper than that, um, and maybe that calf is a little bit warm or swollen, um, then you need to be somewhat suspicious that they have a DVT. Now, I have a, um, a video of a patient who has a positive DVT, so be sure to check that out. I'll put that in the links of the show notes today. I'll also have a video on how to do a Holman's test, and I explain about the signs and symptoms of that. But I do this whole review on this patient who actually has a DVT, and it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, they have all the signs and symptoms. What happens if you find somebody who has this? You know, maybe this patient just had knee surgery, and they're in for a PT visit, and uh, you, you find this you immediately contact the orthopedic surgeon. Uh, if they don't have a provider or you can't get in touch with that provider, you really should send this patient to the emergency department to have a Doppler ultrasound done and uh, to have some uh, blood work to identify if there is an active DVT going on there. If you're in doubt, let's say you're not quite sure, just doesn't paint a perfect picture, go ahead and send the patient anyway. Now, I'm not one for getting too excited about doing too much imaging to the patient. You know, I really think that a good clinical exam can indicate when a patient needs to have imaging, such as an x-ray or MRI or something like that. When it comes to DVT, send them. I don't care if you send 100 patients and 99 of them, you know, are negative. But if you can save the life of that one person who did have a positive DVT uh, and they were able to undergo some immediate treatment, you could possibly save their lives. 
that that is worth it to me okay and it's a little extra expense and it's a little out of the way but still i'd rather have them have that test and then have that peace of mind that they're okay to continue doing what they're doing as far as treatment and activities go now how can we decrease the risk of dvt Okay. Well, one of the things I like to do is compression socks. If you're going to be stagnant for a long period of time, I like to use compression socks, uh, especially the knee high ones. It's also important that people keep their calves moving and pumping. So if you're going to be sitting like, let's say in a plane for a long trip, it's important to get up frequently and walk around, do some calf pumps. You know, they talk about the pressurization in a plane can put you at higher risk of developing a DVT. And also the fact that there is low humidity um, can also change that. So also staying hydrated can be very helpful. So remember some of those things. Um, the other thing I want to talk about here is just a little tip to remember. If a patient has, let's say, a hip surgery or maybe they've, um, they've had knee surgery, they've been in an immobilizer, okay? Now, being in an immobilizer puts you at higher risk of DVT right off the bat, okay, after an injury because of that lack of activity. The other problem with the immobilizer is that you're not using the knee at all. You're not using the quads, the hamstrings much at all. Um, but you may be propelling yourself. If you're still weight-bearing with an immobilizer on, you may be propelling yourself with that calf a lot. Or if you've had knee surgery and your quad is shut down, you're probably helping out with that calf. And that calf can just develop a lot of muscle soreness. So remember that when you see that patient that they may just be having some muscle soreness. So palpate the calf and palpate the different muscle bellies to see if it's just that. And sometimes that's all it is. If they don't have a lot of redness, swelling, um, you know, or anything like that, it's not too hot. You know, I wouldn't worry about it. So, folks, thank you so much for sticking with me through 200 episodes. If anybody out there has listened to all 200 of my episodes, number one, God bless you. Um, you have a lot of patience to listen to me, to uh, listen to my struggles, especially uh, sometimes I pause a little bit. You know, my first language is French, second is English. So um, there are certain things I could explain so much easier in French. Uh, I can be certainly more descriptive that way. But thank you for uh, dealing with uh, my I don't know, imperfections when it comes to podcasting and uh, sometimes uh, our lack of deleting things or modifying episodes. So thank you again for doing it. If anybody out there has listened to all 200 episodes, I want to know about it. I also want to know what were your favorite ones. And again, don't forget, folks, send me your questions. I'll do my very best to put them on the show and try to answer your questions as much as I can. I'm going to uh, start doing episodes where we are just answering a lot of our YouTube questions and podcast questions so we can hit different types of diagnoses and uh, get those all covered. And if anybody wants us to get into like live streaming where we can do some one-on-one -on -one answering of questions, please let me know and I'll do my very best to try to keep this content going uh, in a direction that helps you feel more confident with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. So folks, thanks again for listening. Stay well and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.